First Baptist Church, our online service for this Sunday. We are so glad you're with us. If you are a part of the church family, we just encourage you to go onto the church app, register that you've, uh, you're checking in, that you've been a part of the worship service. And if you're a guest with us, please go to our website. It's at www.1bk.church. We've really organized a website, uh, particularly now for easy access to all of the things that are happening online. You'll see some tabs on there. It's easy to click. So if you're one of our seniors and it was a little bit too complicated to you before this COVID-19 um, quarantine that we're going through, we've tried to simplify it. Just go and click some of those tabs and you'll be able to access some of our online streaming services and different things that you can see on our website. So go revisit that, even if you're a church member with us. But we're so glad you are here with us today. We uh, would like to just encourage you, if you have any needs related to, uh, to this whole virus pandemic, if you're, when you're locked in your home, if you have some needs, please contact us at the church office. If we can help, we will do the best we can to try to provide help to your needs. If you have any prayer requests, please let us know as well. So as we, uh, as we are just trying to learn how to do church in this, this strange new season, um, let us just continue to reach out to each other. Let us continue to love one another and uh, check in if God lays somebody on your heart. It's a great idea to try to be very sensitive to what he's doing, to perhaps give that person a call, check in with them to see how things are going. And let's really work hard at being a fellowship, even though we can't get close to each other in distance, but let's be fellowshipping with God. Let's be contacting one another as God stirs us and leads us. Some really fun things happening in the life of the church. We have some people that are doing their life journaling in their groups online through Zoom calls or through Facebook Live. And so if you're really looking to get into the word with somebody, um, it's just a great, just invite them. I'd like to get, to get together with you on a weekly basis to connect and uh, maybe invite a couple other people. You guys can join a Zoom call and share what God's teaching you on your life, in your life journaling. And just coming up each week, we're trying each Thursday night at 7 o'clock to have a 30-minute prayer time as a church. So we encourage you to go on to Facebook Live and uh, on the Kingsburg First Baptist site. And we'd love to uh, have you track with us as we pray together. And also on Wednesday, we've been having somebody share out of their life journaling experience with God. They're just sharing some of the top things, a few minutes of devotion. And we just we encourage you to interact with us there uh, regarding your devotion. Uh, what is God teaching you? And please feel free to share some of your thoughts as we learn to life journal together and learn to seek God together and take in out of our private time with God and sharing a little bit publicly about how God is really blessing us. And if you are interested in sharing on our uh, life journal Wednesday, if you're interested in recording some of the highlights that you've experienced, please contact me. Just call the church office or email me. We'll try our best to get in touch with you and, and, and allow you as well to jump in to share what God's teaching you in your life journaling. So as we are getting ready, we got some announcements. As we told you last week, it is kind of the baby boom month for us here at First Baptist. Another bouncing baby boy was born, Garrett Rhett Anderson Dinkle. He was born on the 17th. He's a big boy. He was eight pounds, six ounces ounces 21.5 inches long i don't need to promote anymore I, I i can just tell like his mom who played basketball at fresno pacific this may be another basketball player so all you ballers out there at first baptist land let's get ready we got all these these long babies that are coming to us now 
And congratulations to Steve and Brooke Dinkle on your new baby boy. What a beautiful thing to see his, his big brother Reed there kissing him on the head. And we're just so happy for you. We know your grandparents are excited. And God has just been so good to us at First Baptist. And for all this, we're just saying thank you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our families, blessing our church family, blessing our community with new life. And so we, we also have some new things on the horizon. If you are looking for more fellowship, Pastor Brian has a great idea. He has a vision for something that we can do as we are all quarantined. So Pastor Brian, why don't you share a little bit about an opportunity for our church family? Hello. Hey, some of you guys uh, might remember, and some of you, a lot of you already actually went to one of them, was one of our, what we called mystery dinners we did uh, last year. And that's where you signed up and then a host called you and you went to this dinner and they told you what food to bring. And uh, you, you, the, the mystery was you, you didn't know who else was gonna be there. And a lot of you gained some relationships with some folks in our church that you didn't know before, or maybe they were just kind of an acquaintance you say hi to, but you actually got to know each other. And it was a great, Jill and I and, and the kids went to one and we had, a, we had a great time and got to know some folks better than we did before and it was a good thing. So we're doing the same thing, but a little different. We, we can't do that now because of uh, sheltering in place. So we're gonna do mystery Zoom parties. And if you're not familiar with Zoom, what Zoom is, it's just basically an online uh, meeting area where you can see each other in little video squares and you can all get together. We've been using them for church meetings um, to get together for the board and for staff and with leaders um, and for Bible studies. And so we're going to have mystery Zooms. And here's what you need to do. You need to sign up just email me that you want to be a part of one. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at 1BK.Church. And we're going to have uh, this advertised on Facebook, so you can get the information there too as well. But Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at 1BK.Church. Email me that you're in. And then I'll assign you to a Zoom party, and that host will send you an invitation a link to become a part of the party and the time and all the details. And they're going to get creative. It might be, uh, everybody, we're going to eat dinner at six together. So have a dish in front of you that you've made that tells a, a story about your family or it was your grandmother's favorite dish or something like that that tells about yourself. Or maybe you're going to play charades or maybe just have coffee together and have good conversation. I don't know. Uh, the hosts are going to be creative and get into this. And so it just it's going to be a great time to get to know each other, laugh, so be a part of the mystery Zooms uh, coming up. Join up, email me, and be a part of what's going on. It's going to be great. So anyway, Pastor Mark, hey, back to you. Thanks, Pastor Brian, for sharing about that exciting activity we can have as a church family. And I do want to encourage you to just stay connected. Uh, this is a great way to do so. As we prepare for our offering, we're going to pray. Most of you are giving online. We appreciate your ongoing gifts to the Lord. And uh, we'll have in just a minute, we'll have uh, Josh uh, Merritt will lead us in worship. But I'd like us just to settle a heart a little bit and, uh, and pray and be, be grateful and show our gratitude to God for how he's been protecting us, providing for us. He's been our rock. He's been our salvation. And he is still uh, a God who's active and interactive with us today. Uh, even though we're not able to be together, the Holy Spirit can transcend all of our homes and all of our hearts and bring us into a unity that can only come through God. So let us celebrate that together. So I invite you to bow with me in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you so much. Thank you for the generosity of our church family giving to you that see their giving and their tithes and their offerings as part of worship. That it's just giving back first fruits from you. 
in a, in a spirit of gratitude. And we thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And Lord, we pray that as we engage in worship and as we dig into the word of God this morning, we pray that you touch our hearts. We pray that you bring us closer to you. And I pray that our hearts will be open to, uh, to really uh, grab onto the words of the songs that we're singing, make them part of our prayer. And then when Pastor Brian comes and shares a message with us, that we'll be ready to receive uh, a, a word from you today. And so, God, we just pray that you will use us. We pray that you will be ever-present with us. Will you join our families now and bring us into your presence in the name of Jesus? So as Pastor Brian will be preaching a little bit on Team Jesus, he has an exciting message for us today, but we're going to now throw it out to worship. So I encourage you as family, sing out loud. It may feel awkward. My encouragement is turn the sound system up a little bit louder than you normally listen, and it may drown out some of the awkwardness, but we just want you to praise God, worship him together as uh, we seek God's face on this Sunday. So God bless you. We're going to toss it now to Josh Merritt. Good morning, church family. We're happy you decided to join us this morning. Um, we're going to be doing things a little differently this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been missing you know, the full band and the big band experience. So I put together just a little uh, mix of a full band. Um, and with this, we're also going to be introducing two new songs this morning. So I hope that even with a different kind of setting and with some new songs that we're going to be introduced to this morning, I still hope that you guys will join me in worshiping our Lord and Savior. Yeah. 
what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever
church i hope that you had a wonderful week and thank you uh worship team for the worship songs this morning it's so good to join together in, in worship and song and i would also like to take a moment to give a warm welcome to our guest uh this morning if this is your first time with us or maybe since you've been sheltering at home uh maybe you found us a few times uh on online and and you ventured back to us yet again this morning uh, we just want you to know that we are so glad that you are here with us and if you need anything at all, or if you have any questions regarding uh, God, or the Lord, or salvation, or who we are as First Baptist, uh, then you can message us on Facebook or go to our website at onebk.church to get our info and reach out to us. And we would, we would love for you to hear that we want to invite you, when we get back into person and worshiping in our church building together, that we want you to come. Consider joining us so we can meet you in person as well. Well, this is week number four of Team Jesus, woot, woot, the winning team. And who's on the team? It's us, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus, also referred to as the body of Christ. 
We're the global church, all Christians, and also the local church. And we are at First Baptist, a faith family, a community of believers. We are a team. And on Easter, Pastor Mark shared the gospel and how to join the team simply by a repentance of sin and putting your faith in Jesus and having your, realizing your need for a Savior, and he is it. And last week, we talked about the strategy of the team, the, the, the playbook, and God's plan is us, his church. God designed us to do church as a team, and no one goes it alone. And today, I have titled the message, Play Your Position, and it revolves around spiritual gifts and using the giftedness that God has given you. Now, we've taught a lot on spiritual gifts in the past year and a half. I spoke once when John Strubar was uh, interim here uh, on how to serve one another using your gifts. And Pastor Mark has taught on spiritual gifts uh, and myself uh, for several weeks, not too long ago. We went through all the gifts because they're so important because God has given us to use to glorify him. But I'm so, so I'm not going to go in depth about what the gifts are, but I'm going to do an express review on them for anyone new who's joining us and for all of us uh, to be reminded is always a good thing. But the focus today, though, is going to be on three different types of players on a team. And so ask yourself, I was doing, which one of these can uh, we most relate to? Who do you most relate to of these players? But first, let's do a quick review of what is a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 tells us, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Every believer receives a spiritual giftedness from God. This is so amazing to me because what it does is it reinforces to me that God has a plan for my life. And one super important thing to remember is that diversity in gifts is intended to unite us as a body, to complete us and to equip us for the good work that God is doing. Paul continues in, in chapter 12, in verses 12 through 18, he says, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all were given one spirit to drink, indeed the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm a, not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. Then it goes on to say that if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. There is no one gift that is greater than another. If you're a gifted teacher of God's word, you are not greater than someone that serves with an open heart of hospitality. Or if you have the gift of being an encourager, Think of a baseball team that's playing out in the field. Which position would you want to remove? 
Or what about when the ball's hitting that position if you were to move it? What about when the ball flies there? Now, a variety of gifts and skills is what makes a good team. Same with Team Jesus. Even when the ball is not hit directly to you, there is work to be done. I always tell my son on his baseball team, I tell him, son, every time that ball is hit, no matter the position that you're playing, no matter if the ball's even hit to you, right? You have something to do every time. You're gonna either uh, go to your bag and be ready for the runner, or you're gonna be backing up another player in case they miss that ball. And that is so important, backing up another player. So that if they miss the ball, you have their back and the play is still made. I call that sandlot grace. Someone else has your back and keeps the other team from scoring. When you drop the ball and happen to miss, which we all do, man, you've been dealt some sandlot grace. You've got some grace. Same with Team Jesus. Because in 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. And when we use our spiritual gifts, we are stewarding grace. Just stop and think about that for a second. We are stewarding God's grace. But in, in present time, realize that God is pouring out his grace upon you through someone else, using the gifts that he has given them to serve you through the love in the name of Jesus Christ. See, the needs of the people of God are varied but so are the gifts that he gives through his grace. He addresses all of those needs. And we use these gifts to not make more of ourselves, but to make more of God. Because when we use our God-given gifts, it reveals God's glory to the world. Now, I want to take the last part of our time together this morning and look at what I see as very three very distinct types of, of players that we see on the team when it comes to spiritual gifts. So search your heart and see which one of these that, that you might relate to the most. And, and I've prayed into this myself. And the, these types of players, they exist on, on all teams. Corporate teams, uh, service teams, churches, and of course, sports teams. In fact, I remember when I played baseball. And I remember the, the pressure that it felt when I was up to bat or when I was playing at third base. And, and what if I didn't measure up? What if I, I get this wrong? What if I drop the ball? What if uh, I strike out? What if I do a bad throw? So I so admire my son James because one of the positions that he plays is pitcher. And he's been on the mound in some very critical moments with tons of pressure on him. And I can never tell. Uh, he doesn't let it rattle him. He, he just does his job. And I would, I, I would have been curled up in the dugout, sucking my thumb, just crying for mama, mama, you know, under some of that pressure. I'd be afraid, but, but he never, he just went forward. But there's this guy in the Bible that was afraid to play his position, and his name is Super Chicken Gideon, all right? His story is found in, in Judges chapter 6, but in a nutshell, God tells Gideon to go and deliver Israel from the grasp of its enemy. And Gideon's like, dude, how can I deliver Israel? I mean, look at me. My family is the weakest, and, and I'm the youngest of my family. His, dude, his family wasn't that weak. Because later in the story, he calls 10 servants to help him. And his dad's the one that built this, had enough resources to build this huge altar to this false god, Baal. They weren't an insignificant family. They weren't weak. 
The reality of it was this, was Gideon was afraid. He was afraid to do what God had told him to do. Have you ever been afraid of something God has told you to do? I know I have been. I've been afraid. <laughs> so what makes you not afraid? For me, it's to know that God's with me. And when I know that, I might still be afraid, but God with me gives me the courage to obey. So Gideon wants the angel of the Lord to prove that he has favor with God. So the angel proves it to him and then skip forward in the story and, and Gideon tests God again before he goes out to defeat the enemies by putting a fleece on the ground. And he says, if you're really going to do this through me, then prove it. In the morning, the fleece will be wet by dew, but the ground around it will be dry. So in the morning, that's exactly what he found. But then Gideon, being super chicken, he's like, okay, God, uh, don't be angry with me. But, but let's do this one more time. But, but this time, make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Uh, God, of course, he does it. Listen to this. Believe God when he tells you, I am with you. In fact, God goes before us. If you have been afraid to surrender your gifts back to God because you're afraid to fail, or you're afraid that you will let someone down, or you're afraid because you feel inadequate, or you're afraid because it's out of your comfort zone. You've never done it before. It's, it's unfamiliar to you. Know that God goes with you. And at the end of the Great Commission that we talked about last week in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us to what? To go and make disciples. Commissions us, gives us authority by proxy of his. What's the last thing that he says? He says, he goes with us. He went with Gideon and defeated many enemies. Did exactly what he said. It was not Gideon who did it, but it was God doing it through Gideon. And the same is with you and with me. Take the pressure off of yourself if you're afraid. Because the creator of everything, he's the one doing the work. The Holy Spirit is wielding that gift in and through you. God did not give you a boat so that you can sit it in the driveway and make your neighbors jealous. He gave it to you to put on those stinking water. So if he made you a teacher, teach. If he gave you the gift of hospitality, then go and hospitalitize the snot out of people. And I know that's not a real word. Okay, hospitalitize, but I said it anyway. I know it's not a real word. Go out and do it. Don't let the fear of your weaknesses keep you from experiencing the majesty of God's strength working through you for the glory of God and the common good of the team there are some members that they're not in it for the team. They're using their gifts for themselves. We've all seen them. They try to make a play uh, that, that makes them look good or amazing, even when it's not in their own position. They keep doing something that they're not gifted at because they want to be the big playmaker, right? Uh, they risk a lot for the team, or they participate on the team in a way where it makes, makes it all about them. Maybe in the workplace uh, team, it's the fella that, that's the one-upper, you know, the one-upper. He's always done something just a little better than you, or, or he's more exciting than you when you tell your story. He's, his, his story's a little more exciting. Or that coworker that's always grabbing credit for your ideas. Yeah, I've seen him. 
This makes me think of Mary in Mark chapter 14, 3 through 9. And I'm going to read that now. And so listen, or you could turn to it later. It says, And while he, he was at Bethany, which is Jesus, in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. And there were some who said themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you and whenever you want. But you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And we're still, in fact, we're still, we're, we're still talking about it uh, today. A couple of things to notice here. One is, what was the gift that was given to Jesus? Mary poured a, a jar of nard. Uh, to us, it doesn't sound like it would smell good. We, we only wear things that, with names like Fierce or Misty Mountain or Chocolate, right? Uh, whatever, n Nard just doesn't sound, mm, baby, you smell like Nard. But Nard was kind of like our present day essential oils. It was from a root of a plant and it was very expensive. The gift cost 300 denarii and one denarii is about a day's wage. So save every penny you make for the good part of a year. Don't spend any of it and you can buy this jar of Nard just like you know essential oils but anyway this was a luxury a, a very expensive gift so let's look at the different responses to the gift now some of the disciples and other men that were around in another gospel i think it was i think it's luke we would see that judas is the biggest complainer and they would grumble because they saw this gift as a waste what is she doing man we could have fed the poor or some of them could have lined some of their own pockets with some of that money. See, they saw it as a waste. Why pour such an expensive gift on Jesus' head? Why anoint him with something so expensive? And that's how the world sees us as Christians a lot. Why do you give financially to the church? Do, do you know what else you can do with that money, man? The vacation you could take or the home improvements? or Why do you, why do you spend so much time serving at your church? Why? Man, do you know some of the things that you're missing out on when you're doing that instead? What a waste, right? But what is Jesus' response to the gift? He tells them to leave her alone. I mean, what she's done is, a, he says, a noble thing. And it's noble because it comes at a great sacrifice. She took what would more than likely have been her most valuable possession, and she didn't take out of the jar what she wanted for herself and, and then pour the rest on, on to Jesus, anoint Jesus with, with what remained. No, she, she gave it all to him, everything that was in the jar, to Jesus. And usually the value of a gift is measured by the sacrifice to obtain that gift. She was generous to Jesus in a sacrificial way because that was her response to who Jesus is. And our response to, to Jesus should equal who he is. So is he worth all of you or just the part that you're not going to use for yourself? The gifts that he has given, are the best parts of them used to serve the Lord or just what we have left in our alabaster jar when we're done with it? I mean, are, are we using the spiritual gifts given to us by God 
for his glory or for the glory of ourselves. Now, the third team member, it's, it's like what, I, I, like, what I, I like to call mundane Jane. She's the one that is ho-hum about her service to the Lord. That maybe they're stuck in this rut of feeling that, man, they're, that what they're doing isn't important. And it's the same kind of thing over and over, and it's not making an impact or a difference. It's just doing something. It's, it's not impacting anyone at all. Well, let me tell you a story. Out of a, it's, a, it's a story out of the Bible that uh, it's a, a friend of mine shared with me, a pastor friend, uh, that I never forgot that his perspective on this. And, and the story is a famous one. And you can find it in John chapter 2. And Jesus turns water into wine. It's a famous story. We all know it. Jesus and his disciples, they go to a wedding, and Jesus' mother was there, and they run out of wine. And Jesus' mother asked Jesus to do something about it. And so Jesus, he does, he turns some water into wine. And when people taste the wine, they're like, man, why did you save the best for last? I mean, I can just picture it. They're like, Buffett, did you taste this wine? It's excellent. It's too bad we're out of cheese already, right? But this, this was the first miracle that Jesus did. So now let's look, look closely real quick at verses 5 through 7. It says, do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servants. Do whatever he tells you. He tells, she says to the servants, now six stone water jars had, had been there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons, it says. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. Now, these were no jelly jars. These weren't your grandma's mason jars. They were like 30-gallon jugs, man, 30-gallon clay jars each. And, and they didn't have a faucet. They didn't have a hose to run to them. And that's a lot of back and forth and, and digging, taking out of the well with smaller vessels to fill these bigger ones up. Now, think of these servants for a minute. They must have been thinking, why are we doing this, man? No one is going to be drinking this water tonight. They don't need this much water tonight. I, I've got other stuff to do. I've got to clean up still from the feast that they've had. I mean, this is so, it's like meaningless. I feel like I'm doing this for, for nothing, man. It must have felt mundane because they're doing the same thing over and over. Poor, 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 back and forth, back and forth, poor, poor, right? But in their mundane, Jesus finds a miracle. He took the work that the servants did and did something with it that only he could do. And he does the same today. Jesus knows what he's doing. So do not ever feel that the work you are doing for the Lord is ever done in vain. I've heard some people from our church say, yeah, all I do around here is make coffee. I don't do anything special. I just make, make the coffee, right? I'd, imagine this. A first-time guest comes to our church. He makes a cup of coffee, and one of our church members starts talking to him, and they walk into the church together. He listens to the message, he leaves, and then he comes back next week. Now let's zoom, let's zoom into that scenario a little closer. Here's what really happens. A person who is scared and intimidated beyond belief to go to church finds the courage through the prompting of God and he actually finds himself standing, and they can't believe it, in front of a church, but they're scared. So they're having thoughts running through the head, like, look at these people, how polished and perfect they all are, which we know better, right? But if they knew what I have done in my life, they would ask me to leave. They don't want nothing to do with me. So not wanting to draw attention to themselves by just standing there, they see and they notice the, the coffee table, and they love coffee. And there's something comforting and, and familiar to them uh, about coffee. And so they, they go over there. 
And, and then they're thinking also, besides, you know, I won't be able to go inside until I finish this cup of coffee, so maybe I can just slip away while, while no one's looking. But while making the coffee, it gives just enough pause while they're standing there pouring the coffee that it enables a friendly church member to join their side and say hello. And they start talking and having a conversation. Before they know it, this person's inside the church, feeling more comfortable now sitting down, and they hear the gospel. Something is compelling this person. It's the Holy Spirit. And they realize that they need Jesus. They need a Savior. They surrender. Their spirit goes from death to life. They are a forgiven new creation in the Lord. <laughs> and all you do is make coffee? By making coffee, you help share the gospel. Jesus takes your work and does something that only he can do. Saves, redeems, sanctifies. No matter what spiritual gift we have, teaching or making coffee, they all seem small compared to what God does with them. But to me, when we're in this faithful, obedient, humble place, we're just doing along what we're supposed to do. That's where God usually does his greatest work. So team, today, if you are afraid, please know that where God calls you and the gifts he gives you to use, he goes with you. If you have wrongfully, guys, been focused on leveraging a gift that is intended for the Lord to gain for yourself, then I would tell you, repent, correct that. Don't try to steal God's glory, because if you are doing that, I'm afraid for you, my friend. If you feel that you're insignificant and not making a difference, know this. God, he doesn't need you. He doesn't need me, but he sure wants you. He sure wants you. Make yourself available to him, and he is and will use you. Let us go together as a team. Let us live out our faith united in spirit, one body, equipped with God-given gifts, serving our Lord as he uses us to unfold his plan and to share salvation and the gospel to all. Let us be a team that knows and values each other, values our different gifts and not jealous of each other, a team that keeps our eyes together on Jesus, a team that backs each other up, that, that, that stewards grace to each other. Let us be God's church as people see us as genuine worshipers and lovers of Jesus. Now next week we have the victory dance. What is the trophy that we're, we get to win, right? I'm excited about that next week. But before I close in prayer, I want you to know there's a link on this post and on our website that many of you have filled out spiritual gift form a few months back, but other, identifying your gifts, but maybe some of you have not. But if you would like to talk to one of the pastors about your gifts or access what your gifts are, or more importantly, how can you use them then click on that link and fill out the information and we'll get back to you and with a one-on-one -on -one time to talk, just you and one of the pastors. And, and we'll spend some time assessing your gifts, telling you where you can, can use them in the church and, and, and kind of guiding you and connect you in the right direction. So let's close in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord God, we thank you that you have equipped us. You've given us, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of what you're doing, Lord, just to be a part of what you're doing. We surrender back to you ourselves. We surrender back to you our gifts that you've given us to be used for your glory, to do the work that you put before us to do, Lord. We want to do it with humility. We want to do it with grace. We want to do it with faithfulness, Father. And it's not about us, but it's all about you. So, Father, we pray that you would just use our gifts today to bring glory to you, and we would serve as a team, 
valuing each other, knowing that everybody here is for a reason, everybody that you have, you have given us all varied gifts to use for your kingdom, for the sake of the gospel, to bring glory to you, to build your church. So Father, I pray that we'd, we'd go forward as a team, using our gifts and, and edifying each other, building up your church and glorifying you. Father, we love you so very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, I love you. I miss you. And may God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.